0: Students, happy Friday. You're listening to Answers to Gospel Questions with me, Brother Lawson, and Brother Wing. How you doing, Brother Wing? How was your how was your birthday last Wednesday?
1: Oh man, it was so good. Everybody treats me well. I am I feel very
0: grateful. Well, they they should. They should treat you well. There's, how many candles did you get a out on that cake?
1: Oh, uh, I think there well, there's at least one there, and I was able to get all those candles blown out. Lost track. But I got cute. the wish. That's the that's the important thing. But you got the wish. Tell us what it was. No way, man. It's too <laughs> if you hard. already got it. You can tell us what it was.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, students this week, you're never going to know. For all you know, Brother Wing is one of the three Nephites. And so um, he can't remember how old he is. So this week we got a we we got a question from one of our listeners one of our two listeners that we have we got my mom listening and this person who texted in are the ones that are listening so we're going to we're going to read this uh, we're going to read this question here it goes so I've been listening to your podcast and I was wondering if you had an episode that's about where we get things we believe in from from uh, in the Bible. Like, where does it say that we get sealed to our families in the temple? And where does it say that we should get baptized at eight, at age eight? Why do we do baptisms for the dead? I'm sorry if this is a lot, of, a lot, but this is stuff I've been very conflicted about lately, and I was just wondering if you could answer them or if they were in your podcast. Can we answer the, any of these questions? This is, this is a super great uh, question that this person asks, Um can we answer specifically any of those questions or maybe uh, just comment generally on the, on, the, on the bigger question? Like, how come we
1: believe some stuff that, uh, that isn't necessarily in the Bible? Yeah, and I think we've talked about it before. In fact, you mentioned this, Brother Lawson, in a previous podcast that we have a lens by which we study the Bible and we're coming with the lens of the restoration, and right. then we can see references to things about temples and baptisms for the dead, um, and we can kind of look in there and see things um, with that. Whereas others might come with a different lens, like a, a creedal lens, um, or what do you a, mean
0: by what do you mean by that a creedal
1: lens? Yeah, a lens that's kind of interpreting the Bible through some of these additional statements of belief. Um, that have in our in a in a restoration sense limits um, yeah. what the Bible is teaching, uh, but but I would also argue there's probably good reason that they created those limits, but they're gonna they've the creeds in some cases have established authority or limitations, and um, the Bible itself doesn't comment on some things, but the creeds do. Um, but but a typical uh, Bible-believing person in the United States is probably going to interpret the Bible um, through that lens um, and, and not be open necessarily to a, a restoration lens. But to specifically answer these questions, we would have to go to the Doctrine and Covenants to find the answers to these questions. So in the Bible, no, not directly but In the Doctrine and Covenants, yes, and I suppose that's the point that um, there is a restoration that's taken place and there is further revelation that's taken place, and so yes, this is why we believe those things because we believe in a restoration. And, um, and you know, for someone who comes from a Bible background and only a Bible background, this might sound a little difficult for them, but you know, if if I was living in the apostasy, meaning I didn't have priesthood authority, access mm-hmm. to priesthood authority, I didn't have a living prophet with me. I think I think the creeds create a safe way to interpret the Bible. <laughs> you know, just right. like, hey, this is this is we're gonna, we're just gonna contain it to this. We don't want any more, because we don't we can't safely extend beyond this since we don't have a, a prophet to guide oh. us. And so I think there's kind of good reason for that. And it probably is a, a, a good safe way to go about doctrinal interpretations to keep it contained. But I think the point of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is to say, okay, you can you can take off the limitations now because we do have a living prophet. Right. And there is more to be learned. And we can get help with even the modern challenges that we're facing because we have priesthood authority and modern prophets to guide us through and help us navigate these these significant challenges. So there's a lot to be gained by opening ourselves to this uh, per, a perspective of the restoration.
0: Yeah, I think you make a great point. It reminds me of uh, the story of Brigham Young when Joseph Smith's in Kirtland, Ohio, and he receives the the revelation about the three degrees of glory, right? Uh, now, there's some evidence in the Bible. I mean, again, if we read the glasses, uh, if we read the Bible with the lenses of the restoration, we can see it clearly in 1 Corinthians 15, these three degrees of glory. But when Brigham Young first heard this, he had only been a member of the church for a short period of time. He didn't know a whole bunch about the gospel. It wasn't like he was the prophet at the time that had years of experience studying and things like that. But when Joseph Smith revealed the three, the doctrine of the three degrees of glory... Brigham Young just about left the church. He had such a hard time with it and there was a lot of people that actually ended up leaving the church. They thought that was the craziest thing that they'd ever heard because they were used to the doctrine of there's heaven and there's hell and maybe purgatory. But uh but but that was what they believed. So when Joseph Smith added to that, many of them just couldn't couldn't accept it. And And they, and unfortunately they went away. Luckily, Brigham Young wrestled with it, wrestled with it. And until he received a witness of that, of that truth. Now we can't imagine, like we can't imagine in 2023, somebody bristling at that doctrine. That's what a beautiful doctrine that families can be sealed together forever. And, uh, and that there's, uh, levels of glory that everyone is going to inherit a degree of glory, that sounds that sounds wonderful. If we if we took a member of the church from like we'll say 1831, the church is a year old, and we put them in Michael J. Fox's DeLorean and sent them into the future, right? To 2023 and took them to sacrament meeting and let them watch general conference, they might have a really hard time. They might be saying, What in the world are you doing? Like what is this thing you're telling me about the spirit world? What the spirit world? What in the world is the spirit world? Why are you guys doing baptisms in a temple? That is, that's crazy. These bat for people who are dead, man, you guys are not living the way that you're, you're not following the church the way that I knew the church. And that's kind of the point, right? That the, like you were saying, the church is, we believe in continuing revelation. It'll be, I mean, how long have we been doing, um, two-hour church, my kids have almost already forgotten what three-hour church was like. By the time they're my age, uh, and by the time they're, for sure, by the time they're your age, Brother Wink, they're not going to even remember that they had three-hour church uh, at that time. And so so things, that's one of the great parts about being part of the true vine. Uh, The true church of Jesus Christ is a living church, and it continues to grow. It's not static and dead. Uh, and dependent on on doctrines of the past.
1: Yeah, there's you know as a small example of this because as we've heard from modern prophets right now, the restoration is not complete. You know, it's ongoing, and maybe a small example of that is related to one of the questions that was asked about why we baptized today, age eight. Because in section 18 of the Doctrine and Covenants, it says that people are baptized at the years of accountability. You know, a little bit vague. You yeah know, when that is <laughs> the years know, of years accountability. Yeah years of accountability. And so it's not till later, section 68 of the doctrine and covenants, that we get this specificity of the actual age eight, you know, that we're baptized. And so that's an example of ongoing revelation. We get yeah. we get more specifics, we get um more flesh on the bones, so to speak, or some some detail, some clarifications that come as we continue to receive from a, a modern prophet. Um, and then obviously later in the Doctrine and Covenants, we get further um, instruction about like baptisms for the dead and other temple ordinances that come in section 124 and 127 and 128, that where we get those kinds of answers and that guide then the work going forward. But even the temple work itself is uh, the presentation of the endowment has has adjusted so that we can right. Communicate what's being presented there, so the the doctrine doesn't change. The endowment is the same. The right. presentation of it, though, is is different, and that's guided by prophets again. And so, how those temples um, look and how they operate, there there definitely can be some adjustments as we continue to enter into the same covenants with the Lord.
0: Absolutely, I love that. Um, one of the things I'll just say this in conclusion: we one of the things uh, that. You know, Because I'm here at an institute building, there's missionaries that are here. Missionaries will sometimes come in and they'll talk with me about some challenging uh, experiences that they're having with friends of the church who are studying um, studying our doctrines and our beliefs. And they'll say to me things like, hey, Brother Lawson, where is, uh, where is a scripture about, like, for example, baptisms for the dead in the Bible? Uh, and I'll say, oh well, there's there's it's kind of alluded to a little bit in you know Peter, but there's a really good one here in the Doctrine and Covenants. And they're like, oh no no no, we need one in the we need one in the Bible. Um, we don't believe, and one of the things I try to help those missionaries understand is that we don't need to use the Bible to to, and we're not going to be successful really using the Bible to prove to people that the gospel is true because the gospel is found not only in the Bible but the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants and Words of Living Prophets. And so we, we, we can't exclude those as we seek to help others gain a witness of the truthfulness of the restoration. We can't exclude the, uh, the revelations of the restoration and just hope people join our church because they can see what we believe in the, in the Bible. Um, the point is that God continues to speak, and he's spoken through prophets in our day. And if we can gain a testimony of the prophet Joseph Smith, man, we can gain a testimony of everything. And uh, and so let's let's read those revelations of the restoration. All yeah, right, students. I'll oh, go for the, it, Brother Wing.
1: All right. The ninth article of faith might oh, be a, a good, good article. To finish this off, that we believe all that God has revealed, all that he does now reveal, and we believe he will yet reveal many great and important things pertaining to the kingdom of God.
0: Yeah. We like that. He will reveal more. Students, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Answers to Gospel Questions. We hope you have a great weekend. Share this with others. Come to our Institute class. We love your guts, everybody. Stay righteous.